This is Contributors, a show exploring how today's Canadian business leaders are building a better future for Canada. So Jade, I think we finally have someone today on the show from Western Canada. Is that correct? We do. That is right. So we're going to be speaking with, or you're going to be speaking with, I should say, Christine Bergeron. She's the president and CEO of Van City. Van City is a values-based financial cooperative, and they actually use their assets to improve the financial well-being of its members and their communities. So very interesting tie here. Christine was actually just named Woman of the Year earlier in 2022 and really excited to hear about her community impact and and environmental sustainability focus. Yeah, I know Christine started as CEO during the pandemic. I also know that she's not new to Van City. She spent 10 plus years there. So I'm interested in her personal leadership journey, but I'm also interested in learning some lessons from Van City. Van City is famously community-centric. Uh, earlier in my career, I was in corporate social responsibility, and frankly, they're, they're seen as best in class in that space, and a lot of people look to them for inspiration. So I'm, I'm interested in that, but I'm also interested in knowing not just sort of how they spend the money, but how they make the money. Yeah, and for our listeners who are not yet familiar with Van City, if you take a quick peek at their website, you'll see that they do a lot of great stuff for their communities, but they're also very innovative in the baking industry as well. So let's get into it. Let's do it. So, Christine, welcome to Contributors. Thanks for having me. You became CEO during the middle of the pandemic. What was that like? It was interesting. By that point, I had worked in many different roles here. And, and certainly there was some benefit to that, uh, you know, when given that I started during COVID. So I had built up capital and trust with people before COVID. So in person, you know, I wasn't starting from scratch virtually. Um, many team members knew me and I think um, they knew that, you know, how deeply I believed in our work. So I think that helped. And because I had led different lines of business and had been leading all of our, our lines of business and our impact work, I did already have a deep understanding for how we would probably respond during COVID, which is how we always respond, which is people at the center. I imagine, frankly, that it, it probably would have been different if it hadn't been COVID, but I don't know anything different. I only know starting as a CEO during that time. Um, and there's some pros and cons, right, of being able to quickly do things virtually. There's a lot of benefits to that in terms of a large organization, being able to speak to the whole team through town halls that we didn't do prior to that. Yeah, never a dull moment. Probably that's what most people would say during that period. And and also I, I felt very, you know, I felt really lucky to be able to lead this organization. So many great people here and, and understanding just how much empathy really was required during that time and continues to, to be required really as people were adjusting to, you know, just a constantly changing external environment. Can we get into that a little bit more? How did Van City respond to the pandemic? Yeah, we responded uh, the way we try uh, to respond, you know, to things every day and, and really about putting people at the center. And so when I say that, there's there's two sides to that. There's our employees. And it was really trying to ensure, you know, how do we keep them safe? How do we, you know, really think about doing that while still serving our membership? 
and that was was tricky. So we did some different things. We did a rotation where we had uh, frontline staff. They would work one week serving members. They would spend one week doing calls, and then they'd have one week off. So we did that for a little while. Those types of things. And then in terms of community, you know, there's a we've got a huge list of things that we did during that time. And if you think back, we weren't really sure how things were going to unfold. So we offered deferrals on mortgages, you know, really quickly. We brought our interest rates for credit cards down to zero. Government was coming up with new programs and and doing their best. But what we noticed in speaking to our membership and being out in community was that there were gaps. At the time, at the beginning, if you were just running your own business, a lot of the programs weren't catching you. And so we were trying to come up with new programs. We put what we call the unity term deposit in place. So it was a higher rate um, of interest in order to help us go and do this impacting community. We supported local quite a bit in terms of uh, ensuring that local businesses were getting promoted. We did studies to understand what was happening to stores on Main Street and then responding to that through different programs. So the levers that we have, you know, we don't, we can't do everything, but with the levers that we had, it was just constantly, how do we support our membership to get through? So can you tell us a little bit about a co-op and how it's different from other kinds of financial institutions? We were actually founded to provide financial access to those in this city who were generally overlooked. So they might not have had access to systems that would raise them up financially. And so we were the first financial institution in Canada, as an example, to provide loans to women without a male having to co-sign. The first to prioritize lending to working class immigrant families. You know, the the next piece is really those principles of inclusion and social justice that for us have really been the cornerstone since day one. The third for us is that we give 30% of our profits back to our members and our communities every year. And so we often have to remind people that we're not a charity. Um, we're a for-profit cooperative. We're a profitable one. But we do have a different way of thinking, a different model in terms of giving back. And then, you know, maybe one last point is that for us, the impact of our actions on people and planet, it's really ingrained. It's both in how we make our profits and then also what we do with them. We have a triple bottom line business model that's measurable, but we really consider impact on people and planet in our decisions. And so that is quite different from most financial firms. What does that mean, triple bottom line? Yeah, triple bottom line at the end of the day, you know, most would most businesses have a single bottom line, which is, you know, profit. And triple bottom line really then looks at, you know, people, planet, and profit. And how do you um, incorporate all of those in your decision making? In doing some research for this discussion, I was really struck by kind of the history of Van City. And, and you mentioned the fact that, you know, you were providing those loans without a, a male co-signer and, and, and you were first in doing so. That blew me away. And there was a couple other things that blew me away that I, I wanted to uh, mention to you. So first to offer a socially responsible mutual fund in Canada really impressed me. And the other thing is carbon neutral since 2008. Talk about being ahead of the curve since 2008, which I believe was two or three years ahead of schedule. Yeah. So I, I will, um, you know, be really clear that I stand on the shoulders of others, right? In that uh, I was not, you know, here for some of that. But absolutely, it is about, you know, how do we keep thinking forward and, um, and really trying to show that it can be done, right? People often say, oh, that's too hard. And, and really, for us, that's, that's not how we think. So currently, you know, we have climate commitments that we just put out 
not that long ago. It includes getting to net zero, but the other elements of that are, you know, only offering responsible investments, right? You know, we sort of got to that point of, to your point that, yes, we were first with socially responsible um, way back. And of course, that's now, you know, we'll say taken off in terms of assets that are being allocated to those areas. But it's also like, well, what else? How else should we be thinking about this? So carbon neutral in 08, now we're looking to get to net zero. um, And that's the difference of our own operations, you know, versus what it is that we finance. We also just put out a new carbon counter with our visa. So we'll be the first financial institution in Canada to have that. It'll be launching in the new year. For those who want to know, you know, what their carbon footprint is, it's not for everybody, but we think giving people the tools, we hear from our members all the time that they want to do more, you know, how else can we help them do more? ESG is something that comes up all the time on contributors and it's a really hot topic. Can you tell us a little bit about what is that? So I would maybe step back a little bit that I totally appreciate that ESG is much more popular today, but it has been around for a long time. Right. And as has this concept of of impact, you know, ESG is an important concept, but it's really been more broadly about a risk framework, uh, you know, a tool for assessing environmental, social, you know, governance risks that might affect a company's financial performance. So it's a bit a bit more about the external context, how that's affecting you as a business and what you're going to do to mitigate that. And so the methodology was never really meant to measure or represent the holistic positive impact a company can have on the world. And so the impact investing lens is really that flip. So it takes, you know, the company at the center, what are your levers and what positive impact are you trying to have on your community, on the economy, et cetera. And the perspective that I have and that we have here is our current models of how the economy should work aren't really working. They're broken um, or they're certainly not working for enough people. And overall, I think as a society, we've come to accept at a certain level that it's okay to externalize the cost of a bad business model. Some, you know, often it's taxpayers who have to pay the burden, whether it's social or environmental harms that are being created. But people, you know, and by people, I mean the public, consumers, they are caring a lot more about the impact that businesses are having, the suppliers they're using. And, and so I think um, it's not just about giving money to terrible causes. An, an impact business is really trying to think about how do you make decisions with that lens? So for us, Advanced City, every business decision, you know, it's okay, our operational hiring procurement needs to have an impact lens alongside that. Thinking about the 30% of your profits that go back into the community, can you tell us a little bit about where does that money go specifically? So this year, we will have distributed almost $32 million to our members and, and into the community here. And since 1994, it's been over $420 million. So the money goes to members. So we do split it up as a, a dividend to members. And then, you know, money that goes to community, to grants, uh, to community partnerships, working to improve racial equity, reconciliation, local economy, climate action. Those are certainly our, our bigger buckets. We don't have all the resources, nor do we have the know-how the way community organizations have that, you know, in, in each of their communities, you know, here in the lower mainland. So one of those causes that you just mentioned is reconciliation. It's unusual to hear a business sort of say that's going to be one of our, you know, one of a handful of topics that we're going to be focused on. Tell me a little bit more about that and how you're working towards reconciliation. 
Yeah, reconciliation has been a core value of Van Cities for quite some time now. You know, we've we've progressed from starting at the beginning, which was really supporting the broader awareness here um, through Reconciliation Canada. You know, we've signed on to to PAR, which is you know a program that helps really to solidify you know the work that we've been doing. So we work closely with many First Nations organizations here, and it's really thinking about. Uh, I guess it's always twofold for us. First, how do we support reconciliation in community for our members? You know, as as a an impact business, effectively trying to think about that ourselves. And so we look at programs. Can we rethink our products differently? Um, how do we partner? For us, it's it's always in a very genuine way. We're not just going to go to a community and tell people what we think. It's how does a community need? What does a community need from us? How how do we support? And then the second piece is as an employer, how do we think about really embedding things like an Indigenous, like having that Indigenous lens on hiring? You know, we've been doing learning sessions on reconciliation, again, the way you do for other topics a financial institution would do for for many, many years. So one example, you know, would be that we just created a new financial literacy program that was called Wealth Mindset, Indigenous Financial Resilience. And it was really, it's a, it's a decolonized financial literacy course. So we've had a financial literacy course for our members and partners for years. We've shared that out through the credit union sector. But through a close connection and community, we learned that not all people have the same definitions of wealth, which, of course, when you say it, sounds pretty hard, to, you know, of course, right? Um, but this new course was created by and, and for Indigenous communities. For some of our business leaders that are listening today, they may be thinking, what Vansity does is so inspiring, and, and I want some of that for my business. But how do I get some of this kind of magic, some of this impact without being a cooperative, right? Like a, a lot of our listeners are going to be leaders at publicly traded firms. So how do you get a little bit of Vansity within a public company framework? The structure does help. But I would say it's not the only thing. You could still be a co-op and not fully lean into the business model the way that that we have, right? The reason to want to do it from a business case and even just in terms of opinion polling that we've done over the last couple of years, you know, it has definitely shown that Canadians and British Columbians, especially younger ones, expect businesses that they work with, you know, to be about more than just profit. And and same if, you know, you're trying to hire these days, you really need to have, you know, a broader, a broader purpose in that sense. So I guess my suggestions would be, if you want to have a bit of it, is you do need to challenge the status quo and the traditional frameworks of risk and return. And that's tough, but it can be done. So I think you can do that on a micro scale. If you don't feel that you can do it yet at the full business level, there are small areas within your business where you could start doing that. I would say you also need to change the time frame of your thinking, you know, and, and learn from other cultures that it's not just about you know, the next quarter and the next year. And I appreciate shareholders want to see that. But if you can show the longer term view, everybody wants a long term sustainable business, right? But I would also say that if you're focused on who you serve, who your customers are, you know, what challenges they face, and then you you use the levers that you have as a business, right, to help ease those challenges, that can help you start making a positive impact for people and planet. And then finally, I'd say if you really mean it, you can set impact-based business targets alongside your profit targets and create some plans on how you reach them. And you can start small with that 
and grow that along the way to, you know, demonstrate, again, if it is a public company, demonstrate to your shareholders the value of having those. My experience is that if you do those things, if you change some of the, the time frame, you think of your levers, you put your customers, so for us, it's our members, you know, at the, the center, and you start thinking about targets, you can start to move the dial. One of the things, you know, for me as a, a native Torontonian, Van City feels so Vancouver. Do you think Van City could be Van City if it was founded in Toronto? Well, given the name, you know, no, it would be different. But, but certainly, you know, can, can it, could it exist there? I mean, yes, right? We are certainly well known for our impact model, but there are absolutely others doing great work, you know, both in Canada and internationally. You know, it wouldn't be the same as Van City um, because ultimately what, how we've grown is by reflecting our own community and the people where we are situated. And so it would need to then adjust for, you know, the different community. Earlier in my career, I had a role in corporate social responsibility. And at that time, this would have been 15, 20 years ago, Van City was the model. We look to you guys for everything because you were just so good at it. But your secret sauce might be innovation. You are this secret innovator that has been at the forefront of almost every big change in Canadian financial services. You were the first branchless bank. You were the first to offer an open mortgage. You were the first to offer a registered education savings plan. You're first to market with so many of these innovations. How do you do it? Where does that come from? It sounds so simple, but really we just respond to the needs that we see in community. I find these days you you say innovation and, and people think technology, but it's about the innovation also around systems. And that's where we've been spending a lot of time lately. How do we how do we think differently about these systems that we're all part of that, you know, as we've talked about, like aren't really working for everybody. And I think some of what's probably helped along the way, I can't speak to all the innovations, but is our definition of success is not like how much money we can make on an innovation or on a new product. And that that does actually give you a different way of thinking. Interesting. What advice would you have for business leaders who want that kind of innovation, who are looking to spur that innovation at their own organization. And I think what I'm hearing is the concept of customer centricity, really focusing on the customers, what they need, what they have today and what they don't have. And the other thing is, is you're, you're suggesting maybe decoupling innovation from profitability, at least in the short term. Maybe not so much decoupling as appreciating that there can be various outcomes um, that are equally important. So we still need to make money, right? Like we're not naive. A business needs to make money and we do too to be sustainable for long term. I think there are times when you can make concessions on, you know, if it's a small amount of a portfolio, big impact, really serving people who need help, maybe that's worth some concession. But I think it's also around, can you make enough from it? Make enough while having, you know, great impact and supporting, you know, gaps in a community gaps in an economy. And, and so that would be maybe a bit more of the nuance I would, I would throw in. I wouldn't decouple it, but I would just think about how do you make enough? Makes sense. Our show is called Contributors. And ultimately, we're about organizations that are contributing to a better Canada. 
How is Van City contributing to a better Canada? I would say daily, you know, we're trying to help with our members' real life problems, right? We were a financial institution. So people who are struggling to make ends meet, helping to support programs, for example, you know, with Ukrainians, you know, coming into Canada, creating more affordable housing, uh, pushing for true economic reconciliation with Indigenous people, rethinking our systems to remove racism. And then all these daily actions, from my perspective, help us to address the systemic issues that are facing our communities, right? We are constantly pushing for system change at policy levels in areas like climate, you know, reporting as an example. And we do that on a local, national and international level. And we think it's important to do that despite the fact that we're, you know, tiny van city out on the West Coast because the system and global issues are localized, like the effects are localized and you feel them here. And so it's why we've been spending more and more time looking at how we can contribute across that level from local all the way to global. And we can't do it alone. And we know that we need to work with others to keep influencing and changing how we think about our economy. And so we, we think we're contributing a ton every day. But more importantly, you know, we're trying to work with others so that there's a broader and broader contribution happening across the board. I talked to some of my friends in Vancouver, and I have a friend in particular who is a huge Van City brand champion. And I let him know that I was going to be talking to you. He said, what makes that job so hard is the diversity of the members and the fact that there are probably more polarizing perspectives today than there have ever been. There are people that sold their condo in Vancouver, moved to Lions Bay, professionals working remote, and have never been doing better. And then there are people struggling to meet their basic needs. And those two groups want Van City to be something very different right now. It's Christine's job to balance those priorities. And he said, Russell, I want you to ask, how does she do that? So it's a, it's a very uh, valid perspective that we have a broad membership. And because our members are owners, there's a, a perspective that um, and it, it's correct, which is it, it's what makes Fan City so great that, hey, you know, I need this from you, right? Like this is what I was talking about the whole time of how do we respond to our members? And we can't be all things to all people. And it is about trying to do our best to be really aware of the fact that our members, you know, there's 560,000 of them. They're all different. When we were looking at a lot of stats from COVID, it was similar to this comment in that you need know, to say, oh, on average, people have saved X dollars. And you're like, well, the average doesn't tell you anything, right? Because we were very aware that some people were super struggling and others were doing very well. And our job is to understand those nuances. And so I would say the way we do it as an organization is that we've got amazing uh, team members who are constantly speaking to members, connecting in and and work with compassion is the word that I always use for how our team members interact with our membership. That is how you can understand what your members want from you. And if you can't deliver it all the time, that you're able to tell them why and and when we will or why we can't. What we also hear from our members broadly is that they all want us to still be making a contribution to this community and to be focused on 
the issues we're focused on. We, we ask them often, we poll them. They, they want us focused on these issues and they want their banking done well. So that's, uh, it is, it's a harder job than uh, if, if you're only focused on, on profit, it's actually at times easier, I think. But I don't have, I don't have an exact secret sauce answer. It's just a constant balance. I love I love your answer though, and I love the idea of you can't just take the average, right? There's there's incredible nuance that you're missing if you're looking at the averages. What's next for you in Van City? We have a vision. Our vision's a transformed economy that protects the earth and guarantees equity for all. So it's a bold vision. We also have ambitious yet necessary climate commitments. And a core part of these is really to ensure that no one's left behind in the transition and adaptation to the changes happening in climate. It's going to be a lot of work and our teams are really, really focused on, on delivering all of that. That sounds fantastic. Sounds inspiring. Well, thank you so much for being here today. This has been a really great discussion and uh, I've loved learning more about Van City and uh, I think our listeners will feel the same way. Well, thanks so much for having me. Wow, what a great conversation with Christine. Yeah, absolutely. It was a, it was a really, really interesting conversation. And um, it was so interesting to learn more about Christine and her leadership journey. Doing well by doing good and innovating along the way. It's a few things that stood out for me. First of all, I think with Van City, they have a different way of thinking. And that's really reflected and their business model, their triple bottom line. So let's talk about that a little bit. Absolutely. I, I have to be honest and say, I wasn't familiar with that term before she used it, but it makes sense, right? And it's so much of what people are talking about in business today. So the idea of obviously you need to continue to focus on profitability to survive, to be able to do business again tomorrow, but the idea of people and planet as well uh, really makes so much sense to me. And, and I like the idea of separating people from planet because it, it allows you to think about stakeholders that you might not think about, right? If you're thinking about the planet overall, you're thinking about your impact, not just on your employees and on your customers, but on you know seven generations from now and on people on the other side of the world. And I, and I really like that. Yeah, and I think uh, similarity... Or a common theme we saw with Christine was the idea of customer centricity and, and putting your people at the center, putting your people over products. For me, one of the most interesting parts of the conversation was when we were talking about the degree to which Van City has been a leader in innovation, in product innovation. And her insight was, you know, I think ultimately we weren't necessarily trying to be innovative. We were just trying to meet the needs of our members. We were just responding to their, their needs. And in some cases, intuiting needs we believe they had, but weren't sure. So developed a product and, and it resonated. And, and that goes back in their history 50 years. There's nothing new about that. That's really who they are as an organization. So one of the things that I'm really interested to see is what are they going to invent? How are they going to innovate in the the 10 years to come. Yeah. And how can other organizations follow the same suit? And I think, you know, one of the things she had said ultimately was you need to identify why you're wanting to focus on 
the good, right? Focus on your communities, focus on ESG. And if it's for the sole purpose of achieving your bottom line, you know, doing it because everyone thinks you need to do it, then you're never actually going to get there. That's probably advice that could work for any kind of business, right? Any kind of business that is looking to connect with their purpose. It really goes back to talking to your employees, talking to your customers, figuring out what are the issues that they care about and finding finding a way to define your purpose around that, around the things that matter to your key stakeholders. Now I'm looking forward to our next episode. Do you want me to tell you who it is? I do. Just kidding. (laughs) You'll have have to wait. (laughs) Darn. Thank you for listening to Contributors, the podcast for Canadian leaders. We hope you'll take away some valuable insights and lessons from today's conversation. To help us reach even more listeners, please subscribe, rate, and review Contributors on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about CAT, visit us at catpension.ca.